Welcome to Talking Bulls. I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright. Here's my co-host, Greg Love. What's going on? Greg, I think we just took the first place in the East. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about all of this. Uh, exciting night for the Bulls. Um, big win over the Devon Nuggets. Right after this. Talking Bulls can now be heard on three separate platforms. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube. Jump right in and get engaged with the new and latest podcast, Talking Bulls. Welcome back to Talking Bulls. So, Greg, I tried to get you in here when we had the, the big win over the, net, the Nets the other night, but here we are with another big win over the Nuggets. Uh, it's a game that started out um, neck and neck, and the Bulls kind of pulled away in that second half, and then it came back out uh, as Denver was up by three at the half. And in the second half, Zach did his work and took over the game and basically gave the Bulls uh, the breathing room they needed to start adding up the points. Lonzo Ball came through really well. Ayo DeSumo, 11 points and eight, re- eight assists tonight, or eight rebounds and six assists tonight. How do you feel about this win, Greg? I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, it was a good team game. I liked how Zach took over. I know last time we talked, we had that talk about leadership on the team, uh-huh. right? I think Zach stepped up and proved this is his team for anybody who didn't believe it. Uh, he really came through late in that third quarter going into the fourth quarter uh-huh. um, when they started making their run. Um, they, I mean, this was kind of a game of runs, right? Like they it were was. down by about 11 at one point late in the second, they went on a 10 uh-huh. 2 run uh-huh. to end the second, started the third out on a 7 0 run. Don't forget that 9 0 run to start the second quarter in those first two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is a game of the Bulls just kind of proving that, you know, all right, you, you, you got us playing with our hands tied behind our back, but. We still gonna show up. We still gonna fight. We still gonna prove to you that we deserve to be the top team in the East. Well, to me, I, I felt like Denver tried to establish what they tried to do in Denver. They tried to establish their size with Eric Gordon, but I felt like the Bulls did good at by committee and, and double teaming the big guys and forcing the big guys to, you know, pass the ball instead of like using their size. And I feel like this is what we should do every night. I felt like the Bulls did a great job on Jokic, uh, mainly yeah. Vucevic. Yeah. Great yeah, job, job on Jokic. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he played he played some solid defense. He didn't even pick up his first foul in the third quarter, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a little bit surprising based on the fact that he's going up against, you know, the reigning defending MVP of the league. Right. And, you know, playing him straight up and you know he played really really side defense Jokic only went 6 for 17 from the field uh-huh. uh, for 17 points so you know Vooch played well I will say this 
even though Vooch went eight of twenty-four, I liked his aggressiveness because I, I feel like making Jokic work on both ends of the floor mm-hmm. is what contributed to uh, the game that Jokic had. You know, it's one thing when you're you're playing them and you're putting all your energy and effort in the defense. But uh, also going out there and being aggressive, looking for your shot. Like I said, making making Jokic work too. He has to work for his points on the offensive end, and he's got to work on the defensive end. I think that was a really big help uh, and a really good factor for for Vooch and the team. Mm-hmm. And Jokic had a triple double tonight. He had seventeen, fifteen, and twelve. Quiet one in thirty six yeah. minutes. But I felt like the Bulls uh, figured it out against a bigger team, and not only that, they figured it out against the Nets too. So yeah. now that they're figuring it out by committee, by committee, I'm sorry. Do they still need a big man? I say yes because they make their job easier. Um, also, we don't never want to forget the fans. Also, like and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. It helps us keep on bringing you great content. Now back to uh, the action. Uh, Demar Derozan was out in this game due to COVID protocols. And the Bulls are also down um, Javante Green and Kobe White to the same thing. Mr. Alice Caruso for a strain growing, I believe. So the Bulls were down four uh, key players in this game and um, still end up pulling it out. Next man up, uh, Lonzo Ball did pretty well too for us. 20 points, four assists, and 10 rebounds for Lonzo Ball in 40 minutes of play. Lonzo Ball really stepped up and hit some big threes, Greg, in that game. Yeah, he he definitely did. I know they were talking on you know on the game cast, and they said Lonzo quietly had a double double with twenty and ten, right? But uh-huh. I mean, Lonzo was doing what he does, playing really good defense, hitting threes, uh-huh. setting up the offense, and you know I, I will say with the with the Nuggets being a better a bigger team, the Bulls out rebounded them fifty one fifty five and outscored them in the paint forty four to twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Right, so they completely neutralized their size, right? And you know, I, I think, I think it 55 shows five to fifty one. Yeah, I th- I think it shows, and I I've given my fair share of criticism to Billy Donovan uh, this podcast, but I think it shows that he was able to make adjustments, knowing that they were going to be shorthanded and undersized, and you know, took advantage of what what he could, took advantage of the matchups and. Really coached a, a, a really good game. Well, uh, I have my fair share of criticism on Billy Donovan, and I'm going to say I'm going to step off and back off on that. He's, he's kind of proven to me that he can adjust. Uh, he wasn't doing this at the beginning of the season, but he seems to have been adjusting to everything that opponents and coaches have been throwing at him. And these two last wins is telling me that the Bulls are turning that corner where they actually believe – they're one of the top teams in the East. To go into Brooklyn and beat Brooklyn in that game. And that game felt like a playoff game, Greg. That game felt like a playoff game. I felt like that was basically us snatching the torch from the Nets and saying, "Lo, this has belonged to us. And there's been a lot of excuses online for the for the wins that the Bulls have been getting. Oh, Kyrie's out. Y'all beat him without Kyrie. Is Kyrie ever going to come back? So this is basically the Nets team that the Bulls are going to play this year. So that yeah. excuse that excuse is not going to work because they're going to have to play with what they got against us this year because Kyrie's not coming back. 
I've been reading up on some stories and he's waiting on a vaccine that is made out of plants, a more healthier vaccine that he's willing to take. So if they make that and implement that, Kyrie will be able to take that and return back to the league. But it's something that the league has been, is in the middle of deciding if they even want to implement it. So that's not going to be solved before the season ends. So you might as well just say that they're not going to get Kyrie back. And then, the one we had over Denver earlier this year, I was going into a verbal spat with somebody on Facebook saying, oh, can we get a key win? They beat them without Jokic. Well, Jokic played tonight, and the Bulls still won. So I'm just a little tired of all of these excuses of every win that the Bulls have gotten this year and just want people to get this team their due, man. The Bulls are for real this year. Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing. You could – you could say all you want of like, oh, they don't have a winner. Oh, you know, they play without this person or play without that person or this person's out. But I mean, you can only. But play nobody who's ever brings up who we're missing, Greg. Yeah. And I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule. If the Bulls would have lost those games, what would the conversation have been? Like, oh, you lost and they were missing these people. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you could only play. It's not it's not the Bulls fault. Right. Like you got to go out there and play. You got to win because any team could get beat regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Bull, like, you know, like you said, we're missing four key players. This was a prime game for Denver to go ahead and take the W and they didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if if the Bulls would have lost four key players would have been as key. like it wouldn't have been like, oh, well, you were we were missing Demar and we were missing Alex and we were missing Kobe and we were missing Javante. Like no, it was just like oh the Bulls lost. Here they go again, right? So no, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to hear those excuses because you know you you gotta you gotta play who you gotta play who's on your schedule because you can go back and look through history. Look at some of Golden State's runs, right? Like in the playoffs, they play one year they played uh, San Antonio when Kawhi was there. Kawhi got hurt. Chris Paul got hurt and when Kyrie was out, right? And it doesn't invalidate their title, right? So, so these these standings are crazy because the Bulls actually have more wins than the Nets and only one loss than the more than the Nets, but the Nets have tied. 16 percentage points higher than the, the Bulls, and they're yeah. tied for some reason. But the Bulls beat this team twice, so the Bulls should be yes. number for number one. But I think the NBA is going by the percentage points mainly. Yeah. Uh, and the Nets are ahead of us. But, listen, I'm not even worried about the standings. The Bulls are proving what I've been telling people all along. And then we have people saying, oh, the Miami Heat. So the Miami Heat is better than the Bulls. So the Miami Heat is coming up on our schedule next. How we take them out next? And they just lost to Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, man, listen, the, everybody going to have to be forced to like the Bulls this year, man. I realize we got a lot of critics. I'm seeing a lot of haters come out the closet against us. But. Mm. listen man we, every team has their day we suck for like five years we deserve to have a, a year for ourselves man we don't, we're, we're actually happy to watch our team play yeah and uh, uh for mine on facebook he 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 made a post saying that uh he believes that zach and damar are the best uh backcourt duo in the league right now and i can't disagree right like Based on how everybody's playing, you know, we hope that Demar comes back healthy. We don't. There's no real information on it. I was reading up on it. Mm-hmm. Basically, they, you know, Zach, uh, Demar was at shoot around this morning, 
And then they told him he couldn't play. So Billy Donovan doesn't know if it's a false positive, real positive, or what's going on. So he won't have any information for the next few days. So we kind of don't know what it is right now. So uh, hopefully it's nothing. They said, you know, he comes back with two negative tests in the next 24 hours. He doesn't have to be out uh, 10 days. So hopefully if you just come back with the two negative tests and then be ready for Miami. Um, But yeah, like, like I said, I can't, I can't disagree. I think this is the best kind the best backcourt duo in the league right now. Well, I'm going to say this, man. I was pissed when I found out that DeMar was on COVID protocol because it just seems like, and listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not there when they're taking these tests. You understand? Yeah. But I'm just having a heavy suspicion, especially after LeBron's test came back negative, that these tests are bullcrap, and they're coming at very such inconvenient times. Like we're playing against the Denver Nuggets tonight. Now, granted, we won. And we had to dig deep in our bench and bring some guys out the woodworks to pull this thing off. But these they're taking our best players away. Javante Green, one of our best defenders, a starter. DeMar DeRozan, the top scorer in the league. Obviously, you know, uh, one of our most important scorers on our team. And then we, we already lost Caruso to a hamstring injury. That's not on the league. That's on, you know, Caruso. But then you take Kobe White, you know, our highest scoring bench player, you know, and put him on COVID protocol. So th- these COVID protocols, man, they're very inconvenient. And all of that acts is that they have at least a positive test before you yank our players from the roster. Yeah. Or at least give out some information, right? right. Like with DeMar, we don't know what's going on. I, I mean, I could speculate that it may be because of, you know, when they played Charlotte, because Charlotte got four players missing. Uh-huh. But I mean, then why isn't everybody else, you know, coming back positive, right? So we kind of don't know. It's just like, oh, you have to sit out, and that's it, right? Like for you know the the coach not to know too, right? Like it's like, oh, now the day of the game, now I got to figure out a whole new rotation on the fly, uh-huh. right? Like that that doesn't make sense to me. Like they they really need to fix, they need to fix it, right? Like even if we're gonna say, okay, we're gonna stick with the protocols where they are, just the information needs to be a lot better. It needs to be handled a lot smoother. Uh-huh. So that way, you know, everybody can adjust and figure out what they need to do. And I agree with you. It is very inconvenient, especially when it's this last minute stuff. And we're fighting against the, the top team in the Eastern conference, the team that the league and the media seems to be slobbering over so much, the Brooklyn Nets. And listen, I, I don't fault y'all for slobbering. Listen, that's my hometown team. I grew up like blocks away from the Barclays Center. So if I wasn't rooting for the Bulls, I would be rooting for Brooklyn. I get it. You know, they're the top team. Everybody likes them. But we're challenging them right now for the number one seed in the East, and then you're taking away our best players, what we clearly need, and we have a tough uh, stretch coming up. You know, they took away Vooch when we went on that West Coast trip. Yeah. And it's like these these they're taking these players away from us at the worst times when we re- actually really need them. And, you know, there's nothing much I can say about it other than that. It's just very inconvenient. And you have to have a positive test at least and know what you're doing before you just take a player from the roster. Because LeBron James, his, t- his test came up negative. Why did he even get placed on protocol if you didn't have a positive test? I don't I, I can't even answer that. You, you see what I'm saying, Greg? You yeah. don't even have a positive test, but you already decided that he can't play. You can't do that, man. 
You have yeah. to have actual evidence that he has COVID before you yank him from a team. These teams invest a lot in their players, and they need their players in uniform. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I guess the only remotely silver lining I could see in this for the Bulls is that you did get to that that, you know, Billy Donovan went deep into his bench because I think he only went like eight deep today. But you did get to see some real production out of Io and you know, out of um, Tony Bradley and Troy Brown Jr. Uh-huh. So um, good minute. So hopefully come playoff time, at least you Billy Donovan have confidence in these guys that, all right, I know if I need to go to them, I can. Right. And I guess it's good for us in the long run because, like you just pointed out, we need other guys to chip in. We need other guys to be confident that they are part of something. You don't just want guys rotting on the bench. Um, To have Matt Thomas out there, he had a key three-point shot, too, to put us up about, what, 13? Yeah. In in that fourth quarter, late in that fourth. Yeah, he he had a three at the end of the third, too. Yeah, so it, it was good to see him out there actually adding and contributing to the team. And then Ayo to get a start, you know, for his hometown team. Ayo's from Chicago for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners in Chicago school. do know he's from Chicago, huh? They say he went to Morgan Park High School. Right. And my boy Greg right here is from Chicago. He actually lives in Chicago as well. So you guys actually have a co-host that is from your area. And I'm I'm trying to be a resident real soon because I need to be closer to the team where I can better do my job and follow the team more. So, you know, we, we, we got a good team here in Chicago. We've got a good team that's going to make some noise this year, do more than just make noise. I mean, when the season started, Greg, this was a team that we just thought, well, I didn't think that. I thought they would be the top in the East. I ain't going to front. Maybe it was a little bit biased on my part, but I just felt like adding DeMar and the talent that we added, it was going to be a problem, you know. But everybody had us as a play-in. And where did you have us, Greg, coming to the season? Top five. Top five. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I figured. Uh, I figured. Well, I guess my mine was based on the expectation. It was that the situation in Philadelphia would get handled one way or the other, uh-huh. and the Kyrie situation would get handled one way or the other. So, like that. That's kind of what I was expecting. That we would kind of know where they would lie in those. And since they remain kind of up in the air, which they might as well trade at this point. Uh, I mean. I, 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 the Bulls are taking advantage of that, right? Like, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna sit up here and try to fault them or poo them for it, right? Because if you, if we look like the Lakers' last championship, right, it was a bubble championship. You play whoever you play, right? Like, are the circumstances always ideal for some people? No, but you go out there and you just win games, and that's what the Bulls are doing. They're just going out there and they're winning. That's it. Yeah, they certainly are. And they're doing it against teams that the media picked as their favorites. And they're doing it against teams that people don't think that we can defeat. And I've said it since day one. Listen, if you look at the Bulls' track record, regardless of who's on this roster, it ain't even about the players that's on the roster. We're just a prideful organization. And I don't think even when we were a bad team, I don't think there were any easy games against us. You know, we've just always been that gritty, tough team. And when you add stars to that grittiness, oh, it's, it's a wrap. It's lights out, Greg. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm I'm glad that we're finally starting to turn turn the corner. I think, you know, nationally, 
everybody was trying to basically be like, oh, these are the same old bulls, right? Like, kind of like they looked at the Cubs, just lovable losers, right? That's yeah. like, well, no, like we get, you know, we may have been down for a little about a little while, but we have the talents to do some things now, and it's really it's really showing. And I think the every national media is resistant to try to see that, like they're just waiting for the other shooter drop, just to be like, up oh, there they go, told you, same old Bulls, right? And it's like, no, that you know the Bulls are going out there every night and showing, like, no, we are here to win, we are here to stay, so y'all just better get used to it. Well, I'm going to tell you what, a, a number of reasons why I think this team is a juggernaut and is a team that is built for the future and that's going to be a team that's going to be dealt for dealt with for a number of years to come. Number one, they got the perfect balance of youth and veteran leadership. You got players like Vooch and DeMar that have been around the league for a number of years. You have veterans like Caruso that have won an NBA championship other elsewhere. And then you have young players like, Ayo, and then you have players like Levine, who's an upcoming star. These guys are going to be around for a long time. Vooch and DeMar might have like a few more, five more years good in them. But we have a Patrick Patrick Williams and Kobe White, guys that are really, really young. So the Bulls are going to be around for a long time, especially if the young players can gravitate and, and grab some of the veteran leadership from these veterans and display that in their performance and in their careers. So they're going to be around for a long time, and then they work hard. They, they already have that, that grittiness. They're well-coached, obviously, with Billy Donovan. Um, the Bulls are going to be around for a long, long time, man. They, they're going to be around for a long time. I just I just think we're a team that's built to be, a, be around for a good while. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that they got a good mix of youth and veteran leadership. And I think, too, with this – with the way that they're set up, especially with their youth, they they do have a good chance to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be key going into the future, right? Like we're looking at it like tonight, right? Like Io stepped up, but it's not a case where you know he's coming in as a number one pick, and we have to depend on him to do all these things. Uh, you know, he can develop at his own pace, right? So when his time does come. He's ready for it. He's had a chance to learn from Demar. He's had a chance, chance to learn from Zach. So yeah, I I agree with you. I think they do have a nice mix, and you know, going forward, I I think that you know with this um, with this front office that they'll continue this trend. Yeah, man. I, I I'm just I'm just breathtaking, man. Like that win against the Nets is what really did it for me. I mean, we beat them before. But to go into Brooklyn in that hostile environment and take the next best shot, I mean, we was down by 11 in the third quarter. And the Bulls have fought from Leeds before, but to be down to Brooklyn, um, a team that everybody picked, you know, to win the East, and then to come back and battle back and to beat them on their own home floor and then get the stamp from Kevin Durant saying that we're a championship contender after we defeated them. But Kevin Durant has always said good things about the Bulls, but to have him say that after a win, it just everything just felt like, yo, man, we just we finally got our kudos. We probably didn't get it from everybody in the league, but we finally got our kudos with that win. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that win is a very good staple win uh, for us, and proving for I mean proving to the national media and you know people who don't necessarily follow the Bulls that 
this team is for real. This team belongs, right? Like, I mm-hmm. think that's that's kind of thing where, you you know, you may look at a team like, oh, it's just a flash in the pan. But, like, no, they are beating these, you know, upper echelon teams like Brooklyn, like Utah, like Denver mm-hmm. on a pretty consistent basis, right? Like, at least so far this season. So, I mean, have we had hiccups along the way? Yeah. But, I mean, right now, you know, we're tied for top in the East, right? Mm-hmm. So... I think that's showing that no, the Bulls really do belong. The Bulls are here to stay. Right. Well, when we come back. We're gonna wrap up the show. We're gonna talk a little bit more. We're gonna wrap up the show shortly, right after this break. What up, Bulls fans? I'm Greg Love, co-host of Talking Bulls. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube. Like us, rate us, and review us. You can also follow me on Twitter. Love All right, we're back on Talking Bulls. Um, the Bulls' upcoming schedule, Greg, they have the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up in their next game, a team that has lost two in a row, two games in a row. They're third in the Central Division at 13 and 12. I remember it was about a week or so ago they was – six in the East, but they kind of slowed down and teams have been able to kind of figure them out or slow them down. So to say, I know they lost Sexton, their point guard. Um, what you think about this, this next game coming up? I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a battle. Um, I mean, as much as nobody really pays too much attention to Cleveland, they kind of fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. I think kind of similar to the Bulls. They're a gritty team. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be easy. Now, we did play them in the preseason and beat them. Um, but, you know, I don't think it's going to be an easy win. Uh, I think the Bulls need to go in there focused. Hopefully, we have DeMar back by then. Hopefully, we get, you know, a few of our players back. Don't know yet, but, you know, um, I, th- I think it's going to be tough. They do got – a couple of bigs down there in Jerry Allen and Evan Mo Evan Mobley, um, who are pretty mobile, pretty athletic. Uh, Jared Allen averaging a double double and sixteen points and eleven rebounds. And of course, they got the ex Bull Lori down there averaging fourteen points. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a battle. But I'm, again, like always, <laughs> I'm expecting a Bulls win. Well. I'm not predicting because every time I predict against a bad team, we lose. Remember the last time against the Rockets? Yeah. I predicted we was going to blow them out, and we ended up losing that game. Yeah, I'm not going to predict. I'm just telling the Bulls that they need to go in there and beat this team, knowing what's on the line. And this possibly could be the game that puts us at the very top of the East. And it's in Cleveland, so you always want to go on the road and beat beat up on a team. Me personally, I like road games. I'm, I wouldn't say I like it better than home because I love I love the UC, I love the Madhouse or Madison. But it's just something about going to the team's house and beating them that I like. And we'll be back on the road against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, then I want to take a look at the rest of our schedule coming up. Then we got Miami on Saturday. And oh my goodness, Greg, how much I'm looking forward to that game. <laughs> yeah, revenge game. I just I don't know, man. I feel like the Heat fans kind of remind me of the Dallas Cowboys fans. 
they think that they're always the best, even when they're not. And if what we did to Brooklyn wasn't any indication to them that we're better than them, what we do to them on Saturday is going to be a, very much an indication. And they just better hope DeMar DeRozan ain't back in that game because if he is back, we definitely going to stomp on them. Then we got on Tuesday, we have the Detroit Pistons on the 14th of December. And we got Toronto at Toronto. Man, Toronto played us pretty tough in that last game we played them, Greg. That wasn't an easy game. Yeah, I don't I don't think Toronto's a bad team. Mm-hmm. I just feel, back too. Yeah, I just feel like they're Toronto's a team I can see as a play in team, maybe like borderline playoff team. Like right. they got okay pieces, all right, solid, but like nobody who's gonna take you over the top. So I mean out of the out of the the four team or four games that you listed, I, I feel like the Bulls could go three and one. Honestly, like I, I, I could see, I could see them dropping a game somewhere in there. Maybe, uh, yeah, I could see, like I could also see them going undefeated, but I could see them dropping a game, like just based on the competition and based on how it's, it's not, not that it's going to be like a particularly rough stretch, but just the energy that they're going to have to exert versus these teams. Well, then we got the Lakers on the nineteenth. Yeah. Then we got the Rockets on the twentieth, and then we got the Pacers two times. This you might as well just call us the revenge stretch. We got Miami, then we got the Rockets, and then we got the Pacers twice. But before we play the Pacers the second time, we got to play Atlanta back to back. It's an interesting yeah. schedule. Then we get to see Washington for the first time on January first before we play Washington again on the seventh. I'm not gonna go too deep into the schedule, but it. it I wouldn't say the schedule is going to get easy, but it's it's definitely a game that's going to show me what this team is really made of because it's easy to show up against the teams that you're expected to beat, but the teams that you're not expected to beat, well, you got to show up anyway. The Bulls going to have to show me that because they've been losing to teams this year that I felt like they easily could have defeated. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think this stretch, like like it's not it's not a, a real daunting stretch, but it like you said, it it is going to show, you know, if the Bulls are really serious, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is kind of what we're talking about, showing that you know we're for real. I think this stretch, like you got solid teams, you got you know a mix of solid and good teams, right? Like a few playoff teams in there, right? Like mm-hmm. revenge games. It's a nice little mix of <laughs> teams that. You know, you know, got Orlando thrown in the mix, right? Like teams that you should beat with Orlando, Detroit, you know, Houston, you know, um, and I feel like I feel like the Bulls should win majority of these games. Um, are there a couple trap games in there? Yeah, I can see that, but uh, I think this is a good stretch to continue. Uh, build on their four game win streak that they got going now, and uh, hopefully come up. You know, after this stretch, because they got to, you know, when they play Lakers, Houston, Toronto, Indiana's four game home stretch. So, um, you know, looking at it like that, a lot of these games are at home. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, hold down the four, do what you got to do at home, take care of business there, and hopefully hang on to the top spot in the East. How about Derek Jones Jr. with 12 points and nine rebounds a night? Five for 12. Like he's been, he's been really playing out there. Yeah, and I, I I've been saying this for a little bit. D, DJ needs more minutes. <laughs> yeah, man. 
He had a key dunk. He had a key three. Yeah. He's very, very active around the basket. He's blocking shots. He's been doing this for the past two games, man. Like, this is somebody, yeah, I want to see his numbers increase. He had 28 minutes, and I think he should have got more. Yeah. And I think it was because they were shorthanded that he got more minutes. But I I, I like I like Derrick Jones uh, getting more minutes. I think he's, he's active. He got active hands. He's athletic. Uh good on you know cutting like he's you know he he moves without the ball i think that uh that that's really key um, well i'm well i'm gonna tell you something about zach levine number one he's my player of the game for tonight yeah definitely. not just because he had 32 points but it was the way that he got his 32 there was a drive that he was on where he it was a switch right Mm-hmm. And Denver had Jokic on him, and he quickly attacked the basket when he seen that Jokic was on him and got the uh, and one play. I believe he got an and one play on that. And then there was another play where he was double teamed at the top of the key, and he dribbled a little bit and pulled it out instead of forcing the shot, and waited for the next man to to move over, switch over, and waited for it was for it to be a one on one, isolated, took a couple dribbles and then shot. Then there was another play with Jokic again where he drove baseline. Um, he had a he had an open shot, but he he decided to drive in and pull up a little closer. Then he had Jokic on him in the corner, and then he pulled up at an opportune moment and knocked over the shot over Jokic. He's playing smarter. He's taking his he's being strategic and taking his shots when he really really supposed to take them. And that's what I'm liking about his leadership. Demar Derozan out today with COVID protocol, and we needed really needed him to step up and show his leadership, and he really showed that tonight. And like I've been telling people. This is the man on the team. I understand DeMar DeRozan is the leading scorer in the NBA, but this is Zach's team. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I the thing I liked about Zach tonight was he was aggressive. He was going to the rim. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if we're being honest, a few of his, especially in the fourth quarter, a few of them layups he was getting should have been and ones that weren't called. Yeah, they're not he calling was, them. He, was, he was getting, you know, he was getting, you know, bodied around there, even yeah. on the perimeter when the doubles was coming. Eric Gordon fought them on one of them. They didn't give it to him. Yeah, and they, they just weren't calling it, mm-hmm. which, I mean, but I, I do like that, you know, even though that upset him, he didn't stop being aggressive. And that's what I got on him about in, in a couple games. I'm like, dude, like you the star of the team. You can't be getting no texts because if they kick you out, that's going to hurt us as a team. If they kick you out, you're important to the team. You you can't get no texts, dude. You just can't get texts. It was one game where he got a tech. I forgot who he was playing. I think it was against Dallas where he had a dunk. He had a score. Yeah. And yeah. he got a technical. I'm like, dude, you just basically gave them back the points that you just scored. And then it was a game against the Rockets where he got fouled, and he had, we had a three point shot out of that. And then he went and got a tech right after we got a three point shot, took the lead, and gave the lead back to the Rockets. I'm like, dude, you got to think. But it's, he's he is learning. He's not letting it get to him. He understands that these officials are stupid, and they're not calling what they feel like not calling. And I don't know what the Bulls are gonna do about that because it's like they've been getting that for forever. The officials don't give them enough respect. Um, but he's been playing through it, man, and. Man, with him and DeMar playing at this elite level, I can't really see anybody beating us in the East, man. I just really can't. Um, and then if we get the big man that we need, this is going to be a slaughter. Yeah, I just – I think I want to see how they play against Milwaukee too. Right. I was thinking about Milwaukee too co- before commit I made to this that. Game. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But I mean, if they if they play well against Milwaukee, I can't disagree with what you're saying right. because they they've played these top teams like you know they played like they beaten Brooklyn, <laughs> tough, right? Like they played Miami tough, and like I said, they had them horrible turnover numbers, right? Like which probably won't happen again. So we're looking at you know those and Milwaukee's the other real team in the East that is considered a threat to go to the finals, right? So yeah. if we're talking those three teams, I don't see why not. And they haven't had their whole team this year, my um uh, Milwaukee. And they just picked up the Marcus Cousins too, man. So they're even bigger now to deal with. And, man, when I seen them pick him up, I was like, man, the Bulls should have grabbed him, man. I, I couldn't help but to tell myself, oh, my goodness, I wish we had grabbed him. I mentioned them earlier, you know, before anybody picked them up. And Bulls fans were saying, oh, well, he's a problem. And, no, we don't want that drama on our team. Yeah, we need size, man. He could have helped us on this team. Um, but, you know, whatever. You can't cry over spilled milk. But Milwaukee picked them up. And, yeah, I agree. When Milwaukee gets healthy, they're going to be a team that we need to be looking at. When we come back, we're going to close the show out right after this break. Get all your up-to-date information on the Chicago Bulls right here on Talking Bulls Podcast. Talking Bulls can now be heard on three separate platforms. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube. All right, back on Talking Bulls. So, Greg, where can the Bulls listeners find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at glove1989. That's on Twitter, Bulls fans. You can also follow the Talking Bulls podcast on Twitter at Talking Bulls 82. Follow us on the Facebook page, the Talking Bulls Facebook page. And um, that's about it. And we, we big win for us tonight, man. We sweep Denver. After years of losing to Denver, um, 15 years stretch of losing to Denver, now we finally beat them the other night. Now we sweep them the night, sweep the season series. And it feels really good to be a Bulls fan right now, man. Um, but night, Chicago. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Go Bulls.